I said, morning. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Amen. How many set the clocks ahead last night? Well, I didn't. That means I get two hours for my message. Amen. No, only kidding. Only kidding. You know, I just want to start by saying I appreciate, whoops, a little hot up here, appreciate uh, the testimonies that were shared this morning, and I really appreciate Jerry's because, um, ooh, getting a little feedback. I'm there as well. I started a new job a couple of months ago, and the, uh, the picture was painted a little differently than I knew what I was getting myself into. And uh, amen, it's a a different industry for me. I came from a commodity-based industry where we sold plastic bags, and we did that very well for 20 years that I worked with them. And of course, now they're going to go into the tank. No, I'm only kidding. But now I'm in the construction industry, and that is a rough, rough industry. And I said, okay, Lord, I don't want them to be contagious to me. I want to be contagious to them. And it hasn't gone with much trial and tribulation because, um, man, the spirit and the culture in that place is it's rough. It's rough. And I have to watch my spirit. But I just appreciate that word of the Lord I was speaking to me and encouraging me to press towards the goal to win the prize. Amen. You know, so many times we are in a place of darkness or a place where... It's not conducive to the way we operate in the four walls of this church. And a lot of times we pray, God, get me out of this situation. And God is saying, no, I got you right there for a reason. Amen. And I just did something. This is not to toot my own horn because I also struggle with fear just like we all do in sharing the gospel of Christ. Amen. Come on, who's with me this morning? Sharing the gospel. I struggle with that. Because I'm there on their dime, right? I feel like I'm, you know, I protect it and I kind of put it in the box. And uh, my boss's niece died uh, a couple of weeks ago. And there was just a lot of stuff going on within the company. We were in the red in certain areas. And if you don't know what being in the red means, that's not a good thing. Amen? That means there's more going out than there's coming in. So the P&L doesn't look very good. And people within the organization, especially the leaders, were going through some real personal issues. So I haven't heard yet, amen, but I stepped out in faith and I asked the owner of the company on Friday if we could start our day at 745 praying over the company. And man, I'm telling you, it's stepping out in faith because I haven't gotten an email back, so he's probably, that one probably fell over in his chair a little bit, amen? But I'm here to tell you this morning, before I start my message, the Lord gave me a prophetic word for this church, and he said that it's time for New Life Fellowship to get a new wardrobe. Now, husbands, don't freak out. I'm not talking about Coles or Macy's, amen? I'm talking about a spiritual wardrobe. So I'm not trying to give any license here to go out and start racking up the credit card. But new life, I know, shucks, I don't receive that in Jesus' name. But praise God, he's asking us to put on, amen, put on a new wardrobe. And uh, I so appreciate last week, um, there were only a couple of people in pre-service prayer, but uh, Kathy, Kathy was just sharing at the end of pre-service prayer, and it really goes in line with my message this morning how these two pastors, correct me if I'm wrong, 
but two totally independent pastors. I don't even know if they knew each other, but at different times, different churches, they both got the same vision. And the vision was they looked out at the congregation and they saw lights over a few. They saw lights, but not lights over everybody, right, Kathy? But they saw lights over some, some, a few, a handful, four, five, six. And that spoke to Kathy's heart that how many know where to be the light? Amen? And these pastors were seeing that, I don't know if it was the 80-20 rule, but not everybody, and I'm talking about in the church now, not everybody had that light over them. And uh, so I know that spoke to my heart, and I actually have a scripture that the Lord put on my heart that validates what Kathy was saying through these, through these pastors. Amen? Amen. I want a new wardrobe, and it's trying to lose about 15 pounds. But, amen, I haven't gotten there yet. I want to get into shape, right? Alex, we talk about that, right? We want to get into shape, but I also want to get into spiritual shape. See, the Bible says in Timothy that uh, bodily exercise is of some value. And I don't know, but I got a lot of kids, and I got young kids, old kids, grandkids, and I'm getting older, amen, and things don't move like they used to. You know what I'm saying? So I was getting ready to go for a run about a week ago, and don't laugh and don't raise your hands if this has happened to you, but I was just struggling getting the socks on. I'm not lying. You know, you got to take the regular socks off and put the running socks on to get the shoes on and prepare to go running. Forget about the running. I was having a hard time getting the socks on. And if you were born, you know, pre-60-ish, you know what I'm talking about, okay? So I was struggling just to get the socks on. And the Lord spoke to me. You know that bodily exercise is of some value. But godliness, right? Godliness is what we're after. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning. You know, how many are sick of the devil winning? I don't know about me. I'm probably not going to get it to my message this morning. Um, but I am sick and tired of the devil in the lives of God's people. I am tired of going around the same mountain over and over and again. We all know the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Amen? We're going to put on a new wardrobe this morning. Amen? Amen. And we're going to fight the good fight. By the way, i got a cute little joke about the devil. Two young boys were walking home from Sunday school and sharing their reflections on the lesson. They had been studying the temptation of Christ in the wilderness. Little Peter said to his friend Johnny, Johnny, do you believe all that stuff about the devil? Do you think there really is a devil? And uh, Johnny said, nah, it, it's, it's kind of like Santa Claus. It's your dad. It's your dad. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, you're not the enemy. You're not the enemy. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, let's turn to the book of Colossians. Get a little feedback up here. Amen. Chapter 3. I should say if you have your Bibles. I know Pastor Ray's been saying if you've got your phones, tablets, iPods, all that stuff, turn them on. Put it on silent. Amen. I don't want to play that commercial they play at the movies, but it kind of jacks with the flow up here if the... The ringers start going off. Actually, let's go to chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Um, 
We'll start in verse 6. I'm reading out of the New King James this morning. As you therefore have received Christ. Everyone say received. Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him. Everyone say walk. We're rooted, we're built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. And this is what I want the prayer for this service to be and the message this morning is this. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy. See, what we have to say about the book does not go in line with the world's philosophies. Amen? It's kind of counterintuitive. Amen? So an empty deceit. I don't know about you, but what the world has to offer, it, 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 it's empty. There's nothing sustaining, there's nothing lasting, there's nothing that brings us to that place of overcoming and victorious. Amen? It's empty. According to the traditions of men and according to the basic principles of this world. And I just want to pray this morning that we would, as we renew our mind, and Pastor Ray talks a lot about renewing our mind, because that's where the strongholds start. Amen? Put your hands on your temples this morning and say, Lord, renew my mind. Lord, renew my mind. I pray right now against the traditions of man. I pray against those religions that, that really don't offer that sustaining, uh, filling that void with that incorruptible seed, that Jesus-sized uh, hole in our heart, Lord. They don't have that, Lord. And I pray right now that you would, not that we have it all together and we're the church, but Lord, I pray for those religions and those mindsets, Lord, that do not enthrone you. Lord, I pray against those religions, Lord, that just see Jesus as a man that maybe even died for his own sins, Lord. But Lord, they, they, they acknowledge him, but they do not acknowledge him as Lord and Savior. They do not acknowledge him as part of the Trinity of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, God. And I pray that this morning you would just release... Lord, and defrag, Lord, those uh, traditions of man in our minds right now, Lord. Let, them, let us lay them at your feet this morning, and let us see what you have to say about specific situations in our lives, Father God. Lord, we come this morning to be clothed with a new wardrobe. Lord, we come this morning and say, Lord, uh, we're, Lord, we have a lot of questions. Lord, and I pray for those who have more questions than answers. Lord, I pray that through your word and through your Holy Spirit, you will, uh, you will just teach us, Lord. Just teach us, Lord. Train us, Lord. Lord, and I just pray by your Holy Spirit that somehow I can convey what you've put on my heart this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Okay, now, now turn ahead to chapter 3, and we're going to start in verse 8. But before we do that... Um, that same day that I, was, uh, that I was having a hard time putting the socks on, and uh, I went for a run around a little track around my HOA neighborhood, and uh, usually about, my wife will tell you that I can't, uh, Saturdays, I'm just going. I'm just going. I can't. I'm type A. I'm just going. I never sit down. I don't drink water. I just go. Well, by about 4 o'clock that afternoon, I was, uh, I was spent. And I was sitting in my recliner and just flipping through the channels, you know, kind of zoning and being a couch potato. And uh, uh, this movie came on that I hadn't seen since I was a kid. And uh, the name of the movie. Now, this is the original one, guys. This isn't the one with 
Michael Smith's son. But you ever remember the movie Karate Kid? Remember that movie? Remember that movie? He's up on that. Come on now. You, you know that we all like to do that in front of the mirror. Remember when you were a kid and you played air guitar with a tennis racket? You're going to be a rock and roll star and you're practicing on the tennis racket? Come on now. You're looking at me like I'm strange, but you know what I'm talking about. Everybody's practiced that in front of the mirror. You see the Rocky movie, right? And then you're like, yeah, man, I could, I could do that. And the same thing with the Karate Kid. And I love that part when he's up there on that thing and doing all his moves. So we're going to start by watching one clip that the Lord spoke to me when I saw it. And I said, wow, Lord, there's some spiritual truths to this video clip. So let's watch one part here. Walk on the road. Hmm? Walk right side. Well, let's safe. bring it back so we can get some volume Walk there. left side. Safe. Walk middle. Sooner or later, get the squish just like grip. Here, karate, same thing. Either you karate do yes or karate do no. You karate do guess so. Just like grip. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yes. Must make sacred act. I promise teach karate. That to my part. You promise learn. I say you do. No question. That you part. Deal. Yes. wash all the car and then relax. I'm going to say the nasty S word. No, not that one. 
I'm going to say the S word. I'll say it really slow because I know you get it's like nails on a chalkboard. Submission. Mm. Everybody cringes, right? We don't like that word. The world definitely doesn't like that word because they see it as an act and they see it as, as this uh, subservient type of, of, of person and situation. But submission, willing submission to Jesus Christ first and foremost, right, is for our protection. Okay? So our submission, our protection is going to come through submission. Now I know, you know, there's been kind of a new wave of this message of grace and this message of righteousness that I understand we don't want to get back and let the pendulum swing the other way to works. But you know what? When I was watching this movie and watching that Oriental master, he was master. He was Daniel's master. And I love the part when he goes, ah, remember deal. Remember deal. You know, and God's not up there kind of with his finger, but God sometimes needs to remind, ah, oh, no, no, remember deal. Remember deal. Because Daniel, washing cars, did not, if you've ever seen the movie, Daniel's goal was to get in front of that, uh, that competition and that person on the other side and, and that competitiveness and defending that enemy and that person in front of him. And he said, this doesn't make sense. Why do I need to wash cars and, wash, and wax on and wax off? This has nothing to do with, I should be training and you should be showing me roundhouses and chicken kicks and all this other stuff. And all these things. But Daniel's master said, no, no, no. There was a preparation going on. There was a preparation going on there. We're going to see later on in the message and the clip and describing what all of those normal household chores in the movie was preparing him for the battle. It was preparing him to really defeat the enemy. Don't you love it in the book of Ephesians where it says to put on, right? Put on the armor of God. We need to wax on and wax off some stuff in our lives, which is going to prepare us to defeat the enemy and put him and finally kick him out of the camp. Jesus is saying, kick him out of the camp and don't let him back in. But we need, a, we need to apply, amen? We need to apply the truths of God. It's not religious. It's not works. But the action application words. He tells us to press towards the goal. Nathan, come here for a second. Come here for a second. I've been playing football with this guy, and let me tell you, this guy is strong. This guy goes after the football. Okay? Now, don't hurt me here, because I'm an old man. But I'm going to walk. I'm going to try to just walk past you, okay? And don't let me pass you. I'm just going to walk. Just, just. He's pressing me. He's pressing me. There's resistance. Thanks. Thanks, bud. There's resistance. That's why Jesus says we need to press. He didn't say stroll towards the goal. He didn't say waltz towards the goal. He said to press towards the goal. There's going to be some resistance when we're going after God. He says to work out. Your salvation with fear and trembling. Okay? He said to the after he spit on the ground and made clay, um, made uh, clay with the mud and wiped it on the, the, the blind man's uh, eyes, he said, now go. The Bible is full of action words, which is going to prepare us. Apart from the knowledge of God, we're, we're, we're defeated, man. We're defeated. The knowledge isn't for the knowledge in and of itself. The knowledge is to quicken our, quicken our hearts. 
to quicken our minds, to quicken our thoughts so we know how to compete, okay? Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, okay? Now, you may think he was using the sword of the Spirit, okay? And he was using an offensive weapon. But really what he was doing, he was, he was defending the gospel. He was defending. He goes, no, 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 that's not what... See, because the enemy will try to manipulate it, twist it. And let me tell you something right now. The devil knows the Bible better than us a lot of times, okay? And you know what? You may be here today and you may say, well, I don't believe in the devil. It doesn't matter because he believes in you. And it doesn't negate the fact that he's real and he's living and he's out to jack with us and he's out to trip us up. Amen. So the Bible is full of action words. Amen. That we need to uh, we need to recall. So let's uh, turn in the Bible. Like I said, the, the title of the message is wax on wax off. And I want to just uh, talk about some things that this, uh, this video clip spoke to me. You know, it didn't, it didn't make sense. It did not make sense to Daniel in the, in the movie, not Daniel in the Bible. It didn't make sense to Daniel. On, he's like, why do I got to do all these chores? There were was, there was some more chores throughout that uh, movie. I don't know if you remember. You paint the fence, right? Paint the fence. What the heck am I going on? Uh, there's a part of the movie I can't show you because it has just too many colorful words. Um, but in a little while, we're going to see, we kind of uh, fast-forwarded it. But turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3, and let's start with verse 8. If you're there, say amen. All right. But now you yourselves are to put off these things. Now, don't worry. This is not a message of behavior modification. We're not going to touch each one, and we're not going to talk, talk about how bad we are. Amen. But I just want to get through this scripture so it sets up the, uh, the tone for the message. But now you yourselves are to put off, we're to wax off these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with its deeds, and you have put on the new man. You have put on the new man. This isn't about putting off sin and putting on fruit. This is about putting off the old man that was dead with Christ, and the new man was raised with Christ. Can you say amen? See, the reason back in the day, we don't know this today because of all the advancements of paints and clear coats and anti-rust and proofing. We don't know about this, but back in the day, you literally had to wax cars. I know you young guys go, what are you talking about? You just run it through the car wash. No, man, you had to do it by hand. And the reason was the weather... Two, two reasons. Number one is the weather and the sun. The, the, they didn't have the clear coats back then, and the sun would weather and really fade the car, right? The other reason was in the wax, there was literally, it was almost like a light form of a rubbing compound. It had some grit in it. And the reason for the grit was to remove all the little things. You hear what I'm saying? All the little things we pick up, right? Now, I'm from the Northeast. There's a lot of things in the wintertime that the cars would pick up, right? The sand, the sand-salt mix, right, for the roads, right, the dust. Now, they don't have a lot of tar down here, but up in the Northeast, and they use, they use tar and gravel, and then when they lay that down, you dry over it, you hear all that rattling going on, and you're like, no, right? So the cars would pick up a lot of stuff throughout the year, and the wax with the little grit rubbing compound in there 
you'd put that on there, you'd let it set up for about 10 minutes, and then you'd wipe that stuff off, you'd wax off, you'd put off, and amen, that thing would become shiny. That thing, you'd step back, and you'd look at that, and you'd go, oh yeah, that looks good. All right, bringing me back here. Okay. But it would also take off, amen, all the things. And that's what the Lord was showing me through this movie clip, that we have to, um, in our spiritual checkups from time to time, you, we've got to remind ourselves to put off, amen, to wax on and to wax off and make our vessels, make our vehicles shiny, shiny. So we're not only good to look at, amen, you guys are a good-looking crew, okay? But also so those little things don't attach to us. And over time, it just it gets on the car and it doesn't look good. Amen? Amen. So let's see, where, where did we leave off here? And have put on the new man who is, everyone say, renewed in knowledge. We are renewed in knowledge. It's difficult to renew your mind if you don't know the word. Come on. I know, I know we, I know we want to believe that. Oh, all I need to do, all I need to know is Jesus loves me. That's all I need to know. You set yourself up for an attack of the enemy that the Bible says to put on the armor of God, lest ye fall. Stand lest ye fall. Amen. You cannot know the schemes and the attacks of the enemy if you do not know the word. Come on. Come on, I gotta, do I got to do what Pastor Ray does? Good preaching, Brother Andy. Yeah. Man, that feels good. I like that. Put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image. See, the knowledge is for us to reflect the image. That's, not, that's the reason for the knowledge. Just not to puff up and just not to gloat that we know the word, but it transforms us into the image. Uh, let's see, let's go on to verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on, put on. Now, this is talking about waxing on here. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against one another, even as Christ has forgave you, so you must also do. And then verse 14 really spoke to my heart. But above all these things, Put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. In your hearts. There's three things that this clip here showed me. Number one was we know the, the scripture in Proverbs chapter 3, right? Verse 5. Everybody knows that scripture, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, okay? That word acknowledge in all your ways could also be translated in all your days. It's not a logos. It's not a head knowledge. The Bible there is referring to an experiential knowledge, okay? A walk-through knowledge, an application of his word, taking his word, applying it through the truths and the experiences in our lives. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will guide your path. See, do not, if you lean on your own understanding, this is what Daniel was struggling with in this movie. He was like, my gosh, for months, he's, 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 in his mind, he's getting ready for competition, man. He's got to get, he's got to learn the moves, he's got to train, he's got to lift weights, right? He's got to exercise for what he believes to be the battle. 
He was leaning on his own understanding. But the master, the master in this movie, not just a teacher, this was the master in the movie. He was not going, he was going right where Colossians chapter 2 says. The, the Orient, in their way of training, they, they do not go according to the traditions of men, amen, or the philosophies. He knew exactly what he was doing, and I'm here to tell you that God knows exactly what he's doing. We may question. Uh, come on, I'm there. We question, God, what are you doing? And we say it kind of in a, in a flippant way, you know, God, do you really know what you're doing? Do you... You, you probably could use my help in this area, okay? In our minds, we kind of slightly nudge God off the throne, and we fit our butt right there on that seat, and we just take the helm over, because we feel we know what's best. And just like he said, ah, remember deal, remember deal. And God is here nicely, not that way, but he's saying, remember the deal. He's going to do his part if we do our part, Amen. He was also preparing him, preparing him for what is most important, even in the natural sense of what's going on. And I, in a minute, I want to show the second clip, which really helped, I believe, Daniel understand that all of these household chores, all of these things that didn't make sense to him in his own understanding, but he submitted. He submitted to the master. He submitted to the one that knows what's best for our lives. He submitted to the one that was going to help him conquer and truly, truly win against his opponent. Now, we know who our opponent is, right? We know who our opponent is. And we turn to your neighbor and say, you're not, you're not the enemy, right? You're not the enemy. Let's turn for a second to Ephesians because this is an important part. Uh, this new job, I, I was thinking that this, this owner of the company, man, I was like, man, this guy, this guy's the enemy, man. This guy, this guy needs medication, man, I'm telling you. And, and, and the Lord really showed me, no, no, you're there. You're there to let, just talk about what you were talking about, Kathy, the light. And as scary as it was, and as scary as it continues to be, I know that God has called me there not just to earn a nice paycheck for my family, but he's called me there to change the culture, to change the atmosphere. He used to sing that song, I want to be a history maker. And God has got you. What, right now, think of that place where you've been crying out to God, get me out. Think about right now a situation where you said, Lord, get me out of this circumstances. And God is saying, no, you're praying the wrong prayer. Show me what you're doing through the situation. Show me what you're doing in the midst of the battle. Amen? Put on, put on, wax on, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Okay? A principality is a chief ruler or a magistrate. Okay? So we are dealing with a chief ruler here against powers. It's a delegating influence. This power that, uh, that Paul is talking about in the book of Ephesians is a delegating influence. What's having influences on your mind? 
and against rulers, the Lord of this world, spiritual hosts of wickedness. Now, the word host isn't in the original, but I do like that word there, because what have we been learning for the last month or so? What, what series have we been going through for the, month, for, the, for the month, right? Hosting what? Hosting his presence. Hosting his presence. And Bill Johnson, see, we cannot host God's presence ultimately to the fullest ability until we know who we are in him. When we know who we are in him, the, the enemy has no defense, no offense, no strategy, no special teams. No, nothing that can go against us because we understand who we are in him, but we also know him. We know his heartbeat. We know his character. We know how he thinks through the word of God and through the Holy Spirit. But there are spiritual hosts of wickedness. So God said to me, man, you're hosting something. So what are you hosting? What are you facilitating? What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you hosting here? But let's, uh, let's show the second part of that video. And I'm not going to keep you long. I'm going to wrap this up here quick. look on his face at the end there? What happened? It's called revelation, right? He finally reflected back and he saw all of those ridiculous repetitive movements, right? And he's seen the revelation of it all coming together and understanding, wow, that's what you were doing. 
How many here have gone through something or are going through something? And it may not be a couple of weeks like this movie shows. It could be years where you look back and, and go, oh, that's what you were doing. Oh, God, that's why I had to go through that situation. Oh, that's what you were doing. Wow. Wow, a movie like Karate Kid. God is wanting to speak to us through everyday stuff. And it really, it gave me a new appreciation for not despising the small things that are happening. David talks about this all the time, about the awareness of what's going on around us. And something as silly as huffing and puffing about putting my socks on and off in this movie. He revealed to him as he obeyed and submitted to the master. And he didn't, he questioned at the beginning. We question, we do. But at the end, that look on his face, it just brought me back to so many times. Oh, man, that's what you Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You may be today going, you may have come today, you may be visiting, and you don't even know why you're here, but you may be just saying, there's got to be purpose. There's got to be more than just getting by week in and week out. And I would ask you, is the voice that you're listening to the voice of your own understanding, the voice of past hurts, okay? Because we will not submit to these things that God is asking us to put on and putting off if we're operating out of a past disappointment or a past hurt. And then I want to bring you to this, because this this part really stuck with me. Go back to Colossians chapter 3. How many here have ever struggled or struggled with fear? Okay, I do. I do. I, I, I preached a message a couple of years ago about a fear of flying. Amen. And that's, you know, I, I looked up the top ten um, fears. You know when the Bible says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear. A spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. Not an emotion. Not a feeling, not a circumstance, but the Bible says it's a spirit. And I, I was contemplating, why did Paul say this? He goes through all this list of stuff that we're to put off and we're to put on. But at the end of the, of, or towards the middle of the chapter, he says in verse 14, but above all, Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. He didn't say go out and do love. He didn't say express love. He said to put it on. And when I said this morning, when I prophesied that we're putting on, God is saying get a new wardrobe. Right? We're going to, above all these things, we need to put on 
the love of Christ. Because love is the antidote to fear. I used to think, and I've been struggling, I've been really chewing on this fear thing now, and he's just showing me little glimpses here and there about why I struggle with fear in specific situations. I could think back, and now I go back, like Daniel went back and went, oh, that's the reason. I can go back and go, wow, you wanted me to share with this person. I love talking to Virginia. I love talking to that lady. She's got stories upon stories about Home Depot and the, and the, and the, and the, uh, the dump, right? Remember the story about the dump? And she's just aware of what's going on so she can share the gospel. And it's convicting to me because I, I live in fear when it comes to sharing the gospel at times. And I was asking the Lord, I will not be ashamed of the gospel. And that's been my cry. But I understand now why I struggle with fear. I, under, I struggle with fear because I struggle with receiving and walking in his love. The word fear, I'm not talking about reverent fear. Okay? I'm not talking about fearing the Lord, which is the beginning of all wisdom. What I'm talking about here is fear that torments. It's the Greek word phobos. Does that, that name ring a bell? It's the Greek word phobos, which is where we get the English word phobia. It's used 44 times in the New Testament, and it speaks about a fear that is contrary to God's love. It talks about a fear that is not only gripping and puts us in bondage, but it terrorizes us. Has anybody been in that kind of fear before? Amen. God is here to say, but above all these things, we're going to wax on and we're going to wax off, and we are going to put on love. I love what it says here in Romans chapter 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. See, the fear that the enemy wants to trip us up and keep us in, the reason it's a bondage and the enemy loves that place is because it keeps us. It holds us where we're at. We can't move on in that type of fear. But God is saying perfect love casts out all fear. And then in 1 John chapter 4, you don't have to turn there, but if you want to write it down, look this up. I mean, it's just any Bible software. You just do a search for the word fear and put on and put off. It's right there. I did nothing that's, you know, hocus pocus up here. It's just a matter of searching the scriptures to about the topic that we're discussing. But there is no fear. 1 John 4.18 says, for there is no fear in love. Because perfect love casts out all fear. It's talking about a complete love. A love that is stems from first and foremost receiving him. Remember we said at the, at the beginning, there's an action, but first there's a receiving. We need to receive God's love, but it doesn't stop there. We need to walk in his love. We need to walk in love. Because fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Now, this has nothing to do with our salvation. It's just it doesn't say if we, if we struggle with fear that we're not saved or we're righteous. Remember, that's connected through obedience and by his grace. But the protection through 
uh, from the enemy, remember what I said this morning, is through submission. The book of James says it all. It says, submit to God. Then what? Resist, right? There's that press, right? Nathan was up here. There's going to be some resistance. But first and foremost, we have to submit to God. How do we submit to God? We just submit to his word. The knowledge is for us to have the ability, by his grace, to walk in this thing, to walk this thing out. And the, and the, and the master up there was showing Daniel the fact that most of our weapons of warfare are defensive, right? The only offensive weapon that it talks about in the book of Ephesians is the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. The Word of God. When I was sharing a couple of years ago, or a year ago, whatever it was, about that, the fear of flying, I had to do something fairly radical, okay? Sometimes God will require something radical in us to really allow us to be set free. And how many know that the kind of fear that, the, that I'm talking about today is, unless you've gone through it, it's hard to explain, but it's physically, it's tormenting physically, but it gets every angle of you. It gets the emotion side, it gets your heart going. It's a, it's a panic attack situation. And I was on that plane, and I, I was getting ready to, I think I was in Iowa, as a matter of fact, and uh, I was getting ready to call my, uh, my wife and tell her, I, I'm, not, I'm not coming home. <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy. It sounds crazy. I'm going to have to rent a car. I'm going to have to take a bus. It'll take me four days to get home. I just can't get on that plane. I mean, just the thought of what, and I've done it all my whole life. But a voice, I allowed a vain imagination based on not understanding how much he loves me. I did not focus. Not being in control. I hated the fact that some pilot had the ability to create my destiny. My dad was on a golf course, and they were playing in a captain and mate tournament, and they were just talking on the tee box. And my dad, I don't know how it got brought up, but my dad says, yeah, I'm not a big fan of flying. And the guy says, why? He says, when it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And he said, oh, I, I don't care if it's my time to go. I'm just worried that it's a guy sitting next to me's time to go. Amen? But I was, I, I was sitting in that airplane, and the sweat and the, my heart and the, all these things, the enemy was flooding my mind with... What have, could have, should have, would have, right? That's what we do when something happens in our life that grips us fear. We go back and we play the old tape over again and we confuse our mind and it becomes bonded. We're saying, why? Oh, I should have done this and I could have done this and I could have, should have. And I had to do something radical by putting on his love and waxing on, waxing off. I had to start in front of about 110 passengers speaking in tongues as loud as I could. I looked like an idiot, but I didn't care because I did not want to be held captive in that, that kind of fear. And for me, for that one moment, putting on love, perfect love casts out all fear, was professing verbally and acknowledging that I'm going to trust in you. I am not going to lean on my understanding. 
And in all my ways, in all my days, I'm going to acknowledge you, and you're going to guide my path. Amen? Amen. 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 Ooh. Wow. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Let's just stop right there. Let's bow our head. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for your... You're so patient with us. Although we fall, Lord, a thousand times, God, by your grace, Lord, and your promises, and you've predetermined, Lord, you've predetermined us for success, Lord. You've predetermined us, Lord, for, for success and, and, and a prosperous life, Lord, in you. God, and I just pray, Lord, that, I, Lord, Lord, I just pray that we would not question, Lord, what you're doing. Lord, I pray that you would renew our mind and give us a paradigm, Lord, that, that just focuses on, on your goodness, Lord. Lord, your goodness that surpasses all understanding, Lord, and your mercies are new every morning. And I just pray that you would flood your people, Lord, with the knowledge through your word of what you have to say about them, Lord. Lord, I pray that we would know not just about you, but we would know you. Lord, I pray that we would not just... uh, I pray that you would protect our ears from uh, another gospel. Lord, I pray that you would protect our minds from vain imaginations and voices that says, I can't, that says things won't change that says what I'm going through and what you're asking and requiring me does not make sense, for nobody should have to go through this. Lord, I pray against those voices and that profession in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, and the Lord of Nazareth, Lord, and I just pray that you would speak life into your people. Lord, they would understand that what they're going through has purpose, what they're going through has reason, Lord, that if we could just touch one person outside the four walls of this church, Lord, and you can use us as a conduit for your glory, Lord, for, for, for such a time as this, Lord, I pray, God, that you would, we would just behold your beauty, Lord. We would behold your beauty, Lord. Lord, if there's some, Lord, that are struggling with fear and have been tormented by the enemy, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that we would embrace that perfect love that casts out all fear, for you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and a love and of a sound mind. I pray for sound minds to go forth in Jesus' name. I pray that we would be renewed in your goodness. I pray for a fresh awakening by your spirit, a fresh awakening that acknowledges, Lord, what you have to say and not concentrate on what we see in the natural for we walk by faith, not by sight, saith the Lord. And God, I just pray victorious overcomers a sustaining prosperity to come upon your people right now. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Father God, I just... just thank Thank you, Jesus. Kora baba basito robo shoko. 
Santarabaku. I just want to ask if you. I don't want to. We don't need an altar call to express to the Lord if if our hearts have been pricked, Lord. But I just want to ask. I won't call you out. I just want to ask if this message or anything that was said through the Holy Spirit this morning, maybe you're just, you've questioned God. You've just, you've got more questions than you do answers. And you've just, uh, you're just, you're just tired, just tired this morning. You're just, you need your batteries recharged, or maybe you just, you know that there's a God out there, but you've never really trusted in Him or acknowledged Him as Lord, and just, or maybe you're just like you, like I said, maybe you're just, you're full of fear or you're full of anxiety that you just need a real miracle. If this message is spoken to your heart and you just need, I won't call you out, just a simple prayer with every head bowed, every eye closed, just, just, just raise your hand so I can just pray a simple prayer right now that, that just talks about the favor of the Lord and that the purpose that he has for your life. If that's you, just, just raise your hand right now. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for that one hand, Lord. Lord, I just pray that by your mercies, Lord, you would just give your people comfort. You would give them rest. Lord, they would know that the battle can be won. Lord, that you've trained our hands, our fingers for battle and our hands for war. Lord, and as you say in Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my my refuge and my strength, and whom shall I fear? Father God, I just thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Name, amen. Lord. Amen. Isn't God good? I was just, there's a, you guys get that aha moment this morning. Something just turned on. Let's uh, let's just stand to our feet. I just want to give you guys a just send you guys out this morning. We're just gonna if you guys want if anyone wants any prayer, um, for anything, you just want us to agree with you, and uh, maybe the Lord wants to show you some things. We just invite you to come up, and we just want to agree with you on those things. Uh, it's not a matter of whether or not God wants to give you something. It's a sometimes it's just a matter of. You need him to show you or to give you continuing faith in the process. So we just want to agree with you. Father, I just thank you for this awesome body. Lord, they are the called. They are the chosen. They are a royal priesthood. They are a holy nation. Lord, and we thank you that as we go, we are, we are revealing the sonship reality in every person that we meet. That we, just as your son are revealing glory in all creation and every person that walks this earth you have planted your holy spirit inside of them lord and we thank you 
for, give, for allowing us to be a part of the revealing of who they are in Christ. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen. Just bless you guys today. You have a good day. We'll see you guys tonight at home group.